Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor Podcast. I'm Dr. Taves, your host. As always, it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication. On today's podcast, we have a treat for you guys. This is Dr. Lauren Rivera, and she is a physical therapist based out of Florida who is specializing in helping people with jaw dysfunction. And we're going to have an interesting conversation that will go down the road of airway. We're talking about the position of your tongue, believe it or not, is that as important when, and when we're looking at jaw function and potential jaw pain, popping, clicking, dysfunction of the the temporal mandibular joint. So if you have jaw popping, clicking, or pain in your jaw, this is especially a podcast for you. But anyone with headaches and migraines is going to be able to relate in some way to what Lauren is going to say. I especially like this interview because Lauren has a similar mission and passion in her space of treating the job. She sees gaps in our healthcare system and she wants to fix and uh, bridge those gaps so that people struggling with with headaches, migraines, jaw symptoms especially, and then even airway issues are finding a conservative and effective approach to treatment. And that's why I love Lauren and what she's doing. She's a natural guest to this podcast, helping us in our mission and educating and empowering people so that we can break free from this cycle of medication that so often people find themselves stuck in. So without further ado, here's my interview with Lauren Rivera. Dr. Rivera, Lauren, thank you for being on the Headache Doctor podcast. I'm uh, I'm so excited to have you and hear about your story, and I think you're having a great impact on people's lives. So I want to capture that and provide that with our audience today. So thanks for being on the show. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here, and I'm really excited to talk about these things. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, this is this is something that I'm very passionate about as I as I am a physical therapist and I decided to specialize in treatment for orofacial pain and TMJ issues and myofunctional issues. Um, And it is connected to a personal story um, as well as just um, what I've seen over the years as a physical therapist in my six years treating. Um, So I'll talk a little bit about like my own personal story and it kind of goes back to high school. I was sitting with my friends at lunch having a sandwich and I was eating a sub sandwich particularly and I went to take a bite and my mouth got stuck open and oh gosh. that was terrifying. <laughs> if you can imagine, it's like your first time that ever happens to you. I mean, even if it happens repeatedly, it's not fun, but the first experience you have with getting your jaw stuck is just absolutely terrifying. And I remember contracting every muscle in my mouth and my face and my body to try and close my mouth in a panic. And um, luckily didn't break any teeth in the process, but um, I remember just being very traumatized from that. Um, Luckily did not also experience really any residual problems following that immediately. I was able to go on living my life pretty normally. I did notice that I had a little bit more flexibility in my jaw. Um, And then later down the road was told by a dentist, my mom was told that 
that I grind my teeth in my sleep and clench and that they could see some wearing on my teeth. So I was prescribed a night guard like most people who are dealing with this issue and was sent on my way without any additional care to follow up. Um, I wore my night guard for a while and then eventually ditched it because I didn't really feel like I needed it. And um, it wasn't until college years that I started to actually experience other symptoms, things that weren't really, in my opinion, connected to the jaw at the time. I had really bad digestive issues, Mm. like food intolerances and sensitivities. I had chronic headaches and really bad migraines. Um, I also was like chronically fatigued, not to a point where I needed naps, but I just did not feel rested ever. And then fast forward even further into like PT school and getting out of there, I really had a lot of built up tension in my jaw. So I, I did suffer in some way gradually through these some of these symptoms that just don't immediately get connected with TMJ issues. Um, And so I started as a clinician to do little bits of research on like how I could help. Because in PT school, you learn for maybe a couple days on how to treat jaw issues. And um, they don't really exactly teach you exercise to, to implement. It's more about assessment and diagnosis. So I had those skills down, didn't really get to use them too much in the clinic because we just didn't see a lot of patients like that. But then um, in the past two or three years, the clinic I was working at, outpatient orthopedic, I was able to to actually see a few people that were referred by um, surgeons and dentists. And I was successfully treating them even with the minimal knowledge that I had at the time. So I got excited. I thought, you know what? I'm the only PT in my clinic that feels comfortable taking these patients on. So I'm going to do a little bit more research and continuing education. So that kind of started my motivation. And in my research, I found, I couldn't believe it, a Facebook group dedicated to people who are suffering from oral facial pain, TMJ issues, and, and disorders related. And these people, there's 75,000 people in this group. Oh, wow. Just like complaining of how they just have been in pain for so many years and that their dentist does this with them, their orthodontist did that with them. And, you know, it, it was very disheartening to read because you have people who are dealing with now mental health issues related to it and, you know, are talking about stuff like suicide. So I was just like, this even got me more like driven and motivated to want to help these people and say, hey, they're, you know, I've successfully treated some people with this, you know, but maybe these more complex cases need need some extra attention, more interdisciplinary care, which is absolutely like unbelievably true and needed. It's not just one provider. Um, and from what it sounds like, all the providers that you've you've been working with, you know, from specialists in vision and um, you know, vertigo and balance. And there's just all sorts of connections between headaches. You know, it's such a common symptom for so many things. So I yeah. understand the interdisciplinary approach with that. Um, but anyway, sorry, my story is getting long, but no, this is great. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, finding all these people who are just like left helpless really mm-hmm. motivated me to dive deeper into like 
what other things can I be doing to help besides just your basic postural work, manual therapy, and just specific jaw uh, opening and alignment work. Uh, And I discovered myofunctional therapy, where you focus on a lot of orofacial muscle strengthening, you know, lip competency, your orbicularis oris muscles, these muscles that keep your lips closed and position your tongue up and how they connect to the rest of the jaw and the body. And I'm just like, we didn't, we never learned this in PT school. We didn't even talk about the tongue, but maybe for like during anatomy. So I just, it, it, causes so many issues when you're not doing things with the tongue properly that I just, I was like, okay, I got to take this like mini residency course on it and become specialized in myofunctional therapy as well. And boy, did that just like open so many doors and just talk about breathing because that's also not talked about enough in school. So I'm just, I got really excited and I'm like, now I feel like I've got all these awesome tools to implement and treat clients that just like are getting overlooked. Yeah. Yeah. Overlooked. We use that word a lot on this podcast. (laughs) I'm curious, you, you hit on this, but one thing in that I like to ask the guests on this podcast, because I find people that are in a specific niche within our healthcare system and they're trying to change that because they see a problem with it. So what, uh, what is the problem that you see? So someone that has jaw pain, popping, clicking, whatever it might be, their jaw locks when they're trying to eat. Uh, How are they finding their way through the healthcare system? What are some common things that they're getting? And then what's the problem with that? Like, why, why is there an issue that needs to be corrected? Right. So right off the bat, like one of the one of the first things that happened, like the first provider that generally sees these clients that are suffering is a, a dentist typically. Um, and I am not shaming or, you know, putting down dentists. I, I will get around to the, why I'm saying that in a minute, but, you know, they, they, a lot of times that that's something that they just either don't want to deal with, or they don't know how to approach it. Um, they don't have the knowledge or understanding on where to direct this patient. I mean, dent- dentists do learn to some extent TMJ stuff, but that's really a niche and specialty for them to go into. So if you're not like a sleep dentist or a TMJ specific dentist, you really don't have the tools to guide your patient even. So um, there isn't really a proper referral from the dentist, um, whether it's just because the patient is being brushed off. And unfortunately, a lot of patients who have TMJ issues are told it is in their head and that they're either going to get over it over time or, you know, there's just nothing that can be done for them, which is really really sad because there are so many things, especially early on, if brought, if mentioned. Um, So the lack of referral. um, And then there's also like a lack of questioning around just your standard of care when you first get a patient and you're working in their mouth. Like even if you don't necessarily see them struggling to open their mouth, but it could be a question like, how is your sleep? Do you snore? Can you open your mouth? You know, or is there difficulty? Little questions like that might just like tune the patient in to bring it up because a lot of people don't bring it up. So Mm. lack of like that intake question, lack of like referring when someone does 
say they have the issue is kind of the one of the problems. And then they also don't know who to refer to. The, usually if someone does get a referral, it's to an oral surgeon, sure. which is really extreme right off the bat. Yeah. It's like, oh, your back hurts? Well, I'm going to send you to a spine surgeon. Like, with without any other follow-up or workup done. So um, I would say another thing, which um, I think this is probably something to some extent that you can relate to is um, the misconception about what imaging shows. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of age-related changes in joints. As we get older, it doesn't matter if you're 20 or 30 years old, your body is going to show age-related changes on imaging. And people get really scared when they see that they have arthritic changes in their jaw joint. And they don't, a lot of providers also don't know, you know, they immediately again sent to oral surgeon. They don't realize that you can, as with proper loading and support of that joint, you can really treat it without, and, and not live your life with arthritic pain. So I think that's another misconception or issue with um, healthcare is just similar to just most physical therapy conditions. Like we need to approach the the body as like an aging age related Mm -hmm. changes rather than just saying like you have arthritis or degenerative disease and people just, they aren't properly educated on what that is. And a lot of providers just don't have time to educate that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Imaging is our primary mode of like examining and then diagnosing. Um, and uh, I, I talk about that all the time where, um, I mean, the jaw, the jaw moves, it's a dynamic joint uh, that we need to understand how it moves and, and all of the, the different musculoskeletal aspects, the muscles, tendons, uh, the joint itself, all the things that impact the movement, like they need to be considered. Um, and same is true for the neck. I mean, it's, so it's looking at a still image, but then I love, yeah, bringing out the, it's, I had a podcast where I talked about, you know, is perfect, is perfection the goal? Um, right. uh, you know, when we see these subtle, like these changes in whether it's on x-ray, MRI, whatever imaging, uh, or is it just assuming like my body should have zero tension in it? Like, you know, what are, what are we trying to achieve here? And then when we can change people's perspectives and sort of give them permission to say, this is, this is okay. Like the body can handle this. We just need to sort of facilitate healing. Um, yeah, for sure. yeah I, I, think, I love that. I think also just like explaining to people that you're teaching them how to manage their issue as well. Yeah. We're not, we don't cure issues like as physical therapists, generally, we're not, we, that's just not like what we do. We teach you how to use the body you have optimally because yeah. there's just, you're never going, you're not going to regress back to a teenager with these perfect joints. So you will experience like the stiffness and some discomfort occasionally, you know, depending on how you you decide to load your body or not load it. And there's no, there will be no perfect. You just are learning how to manage and move functionally and optimally through your years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to know, um, how you, like what you specifically are doing. Um, and, and this is more a question for the listeners, for the audience, because, um, if we're talking to people in the context of you have this degenerative change within the jaw that's sending you to a surgeon, um, 
what is actually happening? Uh, like when you say loading the joint appropriately, you know, what is the process you're taking people through? And then um, maybe even more helpful, and, and this is maybe where we'll start is who is it for? Meaning like talk through the demographic, the symptoms they're experiencing, describe like your ideal client, um, and, and then s- sort of the process you're taking them through. Okay. So the ideal client actually comes in like three different forms. Um, there's no like, again, one perfect one because these yeah. these symptoms, there's a lot of crazy symptoms that can kind of come with uh, TMJ issues. There's like so many conditions that coexist with it, like, yep. you know, uh, endometriosis and fibromyalgia and, and um, even vertigo and neck pain and headaches. And so, you know, there's not always just like, oh, this one thing, but you do have people who feel the symptoms of one thing more than another. So first client might be someone who has just straight pain in their their TMJ, in the jaw, um, as well as other symptoms that are just right related to the jaw itself, like so disc popping and clicking with pain, um, or maybe their jaw just feels off and it's very just centered around like muscle pain around the jaw or in the joint itself. So that that person is um, experiencing the symptoms straight in the jaw. And what they're getting is more, you know, they're getting the assessment of not only how the jaw is functioning and how it's moving, but they're, they're getting also a cervical assessment, postural assessment, and looking at like, do they have stability at their joint or is it really unstable? You know, is it all over the place? There's a lot of ligament laxity. What is the disc doing? There's a lot of components that go into to those specific jaw things. Um, we also have I also have people who come to me because they just, they know they've been chronically mouth breathing for their whole life and they are experiencing other secondary symptoms. Like now they snore, they feel chronically fatigued, they have headaches in the morning, they have daytime sleepiness. And there's just a lot of like mixed bag symptoms that are not necessarily, usually they do have some kind of facial or jaw tension, but Mm -hmm. those aren't the primary ones. And they have somehow found or heard about myofunctional therapy to improve these symptoms. So those those clients are really heavily driven towards like a myofunctional therapy program. What is their tongue doing? Is it is it do they know how to position it properly? Is um, is there tethered oral tissue down under their tongue that's preventing their tongue from doing what it's supposed to and keeping the airway open so that they can have good sleep? Um, and how does that affect their neck and their head, their and their headache issues? Um, the last one would be more like, okay, I know I have a behavioral issue, like I bite my cheek, I I have a parafunctional activity, like I bite my nails all the time, and when I swallow, my tongue pushes into the back of my teeth. And I have these other like behavioral specific issues that, and again, usually these are present in someone who has jaw pain or other uh, symptoms like headaches and migraines that are coming in with like that mix of things. So there's so much overlap, but I would say that the client themselves can vary into like these three categories and often are in more than one category, if that makes sense. Yeah. Are people finding you based, like, are they aware that mouth breathing, chewing on their cheek, thrusting their tongue forward, are they aware that these are problems or are they coming to you for headaches and jaw pain? And then you're educating them on that. And as you find it through your evaluation. 
So the ones who are coming to me with the complaints of mouth breathing and these these habits and and active and uh, chronic fatigue and other issues, those other subsequent symptoms, they they actually know about like what they're doing wrong, but they okay. don't know how to fix it. Sure. And then when separately, I I do get contacted from people who just have really bad jaw pain and that's, they don't know about myofunctional therapy and about the other issues that they're probably dealing with that are driving a lot of the pain that's in the joint and around in the muscles. So it, it I, I'm getting them both more locally. It's jaw pain, more like social media, virtual or internet. I'm like, people are reaching out and finding like, finding me through my social media and seeing all the things that I'm saying and how it relates to the jaw issues, they are coming to me saying like, okay, I have so many of these things. Like yeah. I know I do them all. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. So it's your efforts of education that then people realize the light bulb goes off and or yes. on and then you, they come to find you. Um, what speak to the, uh, in, in terms of demographic and age, I know that oftentimes we're trying to catch these, like I work with a provider in town, uh, they're, they're going through the myofunctional therapy and they're finding kids. I mean, it's, it's in the dental chair, they're screening, they're finding, you know, these little kids that have the problem. Um, is that your experience or are these more adults that you're treating? So I don't, um, I know a lot of myo functional therapists do deal with children and that really is awesome. Like there is such a need to make sure we catch these things early um, because not only do they generally need myofunctional therapy, but like they need to be getting into early braces and expansion of their palate before things fuse and, and don't move as well when they get into like their later teen years. Um, I actually focus on the later teen years and the adult years because unfortunately there's so many people that are still overlooked and there's much more there are much more providers that treat children and infants with ties and tongue ties and myofunctional disorders than there are providers that treat adults. So I I like that population because a lot of them feel hopeless and are like, oh, it's too late for me. And I, it's not like you can still get adult expansion. You can still get myofunctional therapy and exercise to improve your overall quality of life. You could, you can prevent getting sleep apnea from some of these issues. Sure. Not every person is going to be the perfect candidate and may need more interdisciplinary care than the next, but you can still, there's still a way to improve your quality of life and there, there's still hope for you. I, I, there's a lot of adults that just feel like, oh, I, I was supposed to do this when I was a kid and it's too late for me. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. It, this is just my own curiosity, but in my own journey, I've gone down this road, you know, I started out believing and, and thinking in, in this perception um, that migraines were this neurological disease and the neurologist just needed to see them. Like there's nothing really that we could do. And as I've, as I've been in this space, it's just, um, I'm just blown away at how many things can be done for people with migraines that will dramatically improve their situation. Um, and, uh, I don't want to go on too much of a tangent, but it's, uh, the assumption that it's this neurological problem, I think needs to be poked at a bit. And so I want you to to speak to, and I, I feel comfortable asking you this because I, I know confidently that you've worked with people with migraines and seen an impact on them. Um, so speak about that. I mean, uh, the migraine patient going through your process, uh, what, what benefits have you seen come out of that? 
Yeah. So one of the biggest things um, is finding the right coordination of how you're supposed to use your orofacial muscles, your chewing muscles, speaking. It sounds kind of silly to think like, oh, our whole lives we've been using these muscles improperly. But for example, a tongue thrust swallow is something that you learn as a baby and a kid and it stays with you your whole life. It's almost like a tattoo on your brain that you have to like remove and re-tattoo. Um, and that takes so much time. That's not just something that just like, oh, let's just peel it off and put a new one on. And you're retraining these neuroplastic patterns and changes into your body that are so involuntary and subconscious. So think about the years spent using muscles inefficiently in and in, in not properly and not coordinating. And when muscles aren't used properly, we have to compensate to make the movement still happen, um, to carry it out. Our bodies are really good at that. We're like, well, we still got to chew this up. We still have to swallow this food. You know, I'm going to just, if I can't do it very well, I'm going to lean my head forward and really strain my neck to try and swallow this food. That is such a big thing I see. And part of my assessment is here, let me see you chew up and swallow this cracker. Let me see you swallow this water. And you see their whole face contracts just to do that. And that's not appropriate. So you're getting a lot of like recruitment of these cervical muscles, these suboccipital muscles. I had a patient um, yesterday, I was having him do this water pump exercise, putting, um, pumping water into each cheek, which is something to help like really improve lip competency and get that obicularis oris muscle wor working. He feels it every time in the back of his head, in his suboccipital like region. And he gets so tired, he can't even do the whole set of exercises. He has to stop and take breaks. So it's just, it just puts in perspective that like using your mouth can very much engage these muscles around the cervical spine and cause these chronic headaches all the time. Yeah. Um, that's one one way that um, I've seen the headaches dissipate over time with myofunctional therapy because we're not recruiting so much around the neck and tightening up the cervical spine. And it goes deeper into the joint mobility of that C1, C2. You know, if you're chronically tightening your neck your whole life, you can imagine those vertebrae don't move the way they're supposed to. Right. Right. So um, the other way would be tethered oral tissue, which I, I believe you did have um, someone on your podcast yeah. talked about that stuff. So I won't get into huge detail with it, but just having that tissue anchored down and not being able to move the tongue freely causes so much tissue tension through the whole body. And that I've seen clients get released and go from like five to seven headaches a week to less than to one headache or less a week from just getting a release done. Wow. Of course, they had some myofunctional therapy with it, but, um, and we're talking about adults, not kids. So, you know, there's there, that's something to, to think about when maybe you have someone who has a headache or a migraine and is not improving. Maybe they need to go get a myofunctional therapy assessment just to see if they functionally have a tongue tie and not all tongue ties are obvious. You can't just look at someone's mouth and say you have one. There's a very few cases that you might see a very obvious one, but, um, the, they're usually posterior submucosal and hard to, to, to see just right off yeah. the bat. And you have to really assess them more functionally. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, 
and I love that you connected the suboccipitals, which for the listeners, if you just uh, take your thumb, run it down the back of your head till you start to hit the fleshy part of your neck, that sore spot that most headache and migraine, uh, most people with headaches and migraines uh, are very familiar with because it can be very sensitive. Um, so that, yeah, the forward head position uh, can be a direct result of a tongue tie, improper uh, swallowing mechanism. So that, uh, and I have lots of patients that I'm sending. Uh, currently, we're we're sending them out for this. I actually am wanting, uh, whether it's myself or one of our other therapists, to to go through the myofunctional training process so that we can start incorporating it because I'm kind of excited about it, um, yeah. and just the impact that I can have. So let's let's talk about just some basic things that people can do at home. To uh, one, if if they're listening to this and they they're thinking this is me, this is my problem. Um, obviously, finding a provider is an appropriate next step. But what might they be able to do at home to um, help manage their symptoms, or just little tips and tricks uh, that they can work on today? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So, um, what I usually teach right off the bat, which is something again easy to do on your own, is establishing a correct oral rest posture, which helps down train and relax some of those muscles, especially those masseter muscles. So what that looks like is having your lips sealed so that you're nasal breathing all day long as much as possible, no matter what your task is, except for eating, speaking, drinking, you know, your mouth has to be obviously engaged for that, but lips really should be sealed as much as, much as possible. Um, Cause that's going to promote nasal breathing and not the mouth breathing that we're trying to eliminate. The tongue needs to be rested up to the roof of the mouth, not just the tip of the tongue or the middle. We're talking like the whole tongue. And if that's something you struggle with, it could be for a couple different reasons. Could be that you're just not used to it. We don't have the proprioception or the awareness of how to do that. It could be a tethered oral tissue or like a tongue tie back there is not allowing the tongue to elevate. Um, but a lot of people need practice to get the back of the tongue up. So do the best you can. Try and get as much of your tongue up to the roof of the mouth as possible. Not touching your teeth at all. The, the front of the tongue shouldn't be touching. So lip sealed, tongue all the way up to the roof of, roof of the mouth, and there should be a little bit of freeway space between the teeth so that they're not making any contact. So that's that's one thing that um, that people can do to kind of help their healthy oral posture. And nasal breathing and eliminating mouth breathing really helps like beyond just muscular. I mean, we're talking decreased cavities, decreased bad breath, all sorts. It really maintains a proper pH of your mouth to keep it closed and focus on nasal breathing. Um, some other things you can do is pay attention to like what your habits are. Um, do you bite your nails? Um, are you taking large bites of food that might be facilitating some aggravation of your symptoms? Um, you know, cut, cut food up into smaller bites. If, you know, if it is a really large hamburger, like a, a big apple, um, any of those little, those little things that you do are considered what I call cumulative loads. Even if it's a small thing, it adds up over the entire course of the day and could really drive you into a flare up if you're doing all of those things, chewing on ice, biting your lip, you know, leaning on your, on your chin on one side while you're at your computer doing stuff. It's 
putting some asymmetrical force on your jaw and that can cause some discomfort or irritation. So little habits like that are important to pay attention to and, and start reducing as well as having that correct oral postures are really good start. You're going to be told that in the myofunctional therapy anyway, so you can get a head start on that. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And where can people find you? How can people interact with you? Sure. Um, primarily, I'm most active on Instagram. So my okay. Instagram reel is at Revive Your Life PT. Um, my website is the same thing, www.reviveyourlifept.com. If you want to look at my website and set, you can send me a contact form through there if you don't really use social media. Um, those are the two primary um, forms that I, that I, uh, go through. And I mean, there's a phone number on there too. So I also do phone consults. If somebody just wants to talk to me and find out if they're a candidate for, um, you know, some virtual coaching or they want me to help them find, find a provider near them. I try my best to kind of also weigh in on like the, you know, finding a provider is difficult because you might need an ENT to look at your nasal passageway and not all ENTs are airway centric. If you can believe it, they might just prescribe you a nasal spray when really they need to look closer. Do you have a deviated septum? Like that's just scratching the surface of one provider out of many that someone might need. So if someone needs some recommendations or help finding or a way to, to what questions to ask their provider, you know, they can always reach out to me via my website contact form, which has my email and then where I Instagram, they can message me as well. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the Headache Doctor podcast, Lauren. This is super helpful information. Uh, and yeah, if if you're dealing with anything, if you relate to anything that Lauren said, please reach out to her. Uh, thanks again for being on the podcast. Yep. Thank you so much for having me.